Let's pray together again. Father, one last time we get to connect through your word. And I pray that you would grant me now to be faithful to your word in the scriptures. I pray that you'd give us ears to hear and the eyes of our hearts clear to understand. I pray that you would fill me now with your Holy Spirit of truth and boldness. You'd grant your name to be exalted. Pray this in Jesus' name. Before I begin, I want to ask a couple of questions and have you take a little survey. I know that that there are two ways to have a Bible. This is a paper Bible and this is on your phone. So if, if you have a paper Bible with you right now, I want you to lift it up so I can see it. Okay, put those down. And if you, if you have a Bible on your phone, a Bible app, would you raise your hand? Okay. <laughs> that means that you should be able to read your Bible while I'm preaching. And the reason I say that is because I don't have any authority in myself. The way I understand preaching is that I try to say things that are in this book. And I don't expect you to believe me unless you see it in the book. Which means you have to look at your book when I'm preaching. So I invite you periodically to have your Bible open or to have your phone open when we look at a text in an extended way. I think every pastor should say to his people, don't believe me, believe what's in the book. And the task of preaching is to show people what's here. Okay. Tonight, our focus is on the gospel-shaped mouth. Preaching the glories of Christ. We've looked at the gospel-shaped heart. And we've looked at the gospel-shaped mind. The heart is to treasure the glories of Christ. And the, the mind is to know and grasp the glories of Christ. And the mind is to supply the fuel of truth into the furnace of the heart. So that the heart will burn with holy affections. Specifically, affections for the beauty of the glory of Christ. So the implication for preaching is that pastors should be giving truth to their people all the time. We preach to the mind, and we pray for the heart, and our great desire is that our people would increasingly glorify God, 
By being increasingly satisfied in God. Because the way we are set free from sin is by a superior satisfaction in Christ. Now, what kind of preaching will bring that about? And the short answer is preaching Christ. Or more specifically, preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ. What does it mean? What does it mean to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ? I'm going to argue that it has five steps. And I'll mention each one and then take a few minutes to show it from the scriptures. So what we're trying to do is describe what kind of preaching feeds the mind to awaken the heart. So that the heart is more and more satisfied in the glory of Christ. What kind of preaching does that? Number one. Preaching the glories of Christ involves making clear to our people again and again that everything exists and everything happens for the glory of Jesus Christ. Which is in fact the glory of God. We have to continually help our people see that God is radically God-centered. And that has a direct effect on how we preach Christ because Christ is God. So here's what I mean by saying that God is God-centered. God plans everything. And He governs everything. And He does everything for His own glory. So in Isaiah 43, 7, he created us for His glory. And in Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens are telling the glory of God. Which means God created the universe to tell His glory. Which means God is promoting God all the time. One of the most God-centered verses in the Bible is Isaiah 48, 9 to 11. Six times we find God exalting God in this text. For, not, for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you. Verse 11. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. How should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. 九跟十一节，我为我的名暂且忍耐，为我的颂赞向你容忍，不将你剪除。我耶伦使我的名被亵渎，我必不将我的荣耀归给假神。So over and over again, God is saying, 
I act for my glory. So Kamil, that's what I mean when I say God is radically God-centered. When Jesus came into the world, he said that his goal was to glorify the Father. John 17, verse 4. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And the Apostle Paul said the same thing about God's goal. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ to the praise of the glory of his grace. So God chose you, and He predestined you, and He redeemed you, and He adopted you, so that you would praise the glory of His grace. Just let that sink in. God saved you so that you would praise Him. You get the salvation, God gets the glory. You were made by God to praise God. And Christ died for you so that you would praise the glory of God's grace. And don't think of praise as just an act of the mouth. Jesus said that if people praise God with their lips and it doesn't come from their heart, they're just hypocrites. Which means you were created and saved to admire God, not just say good things about Him. The most ultimate purpose for all Christian living is summed up in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So that's God's word for how you should glorify God. So all of creation and all of redemption and all of history and all the personal events in your life have this divine purpose. That God would be shown to be glorious. And magnificent and infinitely beautiful. That divine glory is the very glory of Jesus Christ. The glory of the Father and the glory of the Son are one glory. And you can see this very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. In verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 4, Paul refers to the gospel of the glory of Christ. And then he says the same thing a little differently in verse 6, 
when he refers to the knowledge of the glory of God. 那第六节，保罗换一个方式想说是得知神荣耀的光。So you've got the phrase "glory of Christ" in verse four. 所以第四节强调这个福音是基督的荣耀。And you've got the phrase "glory of God" in verse six. 可是第六节，看保罗又说是神的荣耀。But notice, 注意。As soon as he refers to the glory of Christ in verse four, 在第四节他强调是基督的荣耀的时候呢 ，he adds, "Who is the image of God?" 他强调这是神的形象，就是基督。So the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 所以注意哈，基督的荣耀就是神的形象。And then as soon as he says glory of God in verse six, he adds this. 那在第六节，他强调是神的荣耀的时候呢，他加了什么 ？In the face of Jesus Christ. 他说神的荣耀是显在耶稣基督的面上。So you have glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 所以基督的荣耀就是神的形象。And you have glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 可是神的荣耀显在基督的面上。And I think the point is very clear. I think Paul's point is very clear. There is one divine glory. The glory of the Father and the glory of the Son. And they are one glory, not two. So that's why I'm saying that to preach the glories of Christ, you have to know that God is God-centered. 所以这是我讲的。如果你要讲到表达基督的荣耀的话，你要知道神是以他自己为中心。Preaching the glories of Christ means showing your people. 就是你要讲到基督荣耀，是说你要让你的听众。That God plans everything and does everything for the glory of Jesus Christ. 你要让你的听众听到神计划一切，神做了一切，都是为了彰显基督的荣耀。Which is in fact God's own glory. Paul said it like this in Colossians chapter one verse sixteen. Paul 在哥罗西书一章十六节这样讲 ：All things were created through Him, that is through Christ, and for Him. 万有都是靠他造的，借他造的，可是又是为他造的。So preaching Christ means reminding our people over and over again. So, that Christ created us and redeemed us. Because it says he created all things were created through him and for him. 你看，保在这强调是借着他造的，又是为他造的。So if we pastors shrink back from the truth that Christ is Christ exalting, we won't be able to preach Christ. 所以你要讲以基督为中心的道，你不高举将基督的荣耀的话，你就不可能讲以基督为中心的道。The unsearchable riches of Christ are rooted in the fact that Christ regards Christ as supremely valuable. Christ doesn't look on you or me as supremely valuable. He knows. He is supremely valuable. Therefore, he does everything to exalt himself. So he does everything to exalt himself. That's argument number one for what it means to preach the glories of Christ. Good. This is what I said. Preaching the glory of Christ. Making clear that God does everything for the glory of God. And that the glory of God is the glory of Christ. 而神的荣耀也同时就是基督的荣耀。Here's number two. Step number two. 第二步骤。Preaching the glories of Christ means showing our people again and again. 就讲基督的道，就是不断让你的听众。That the love of Christ for us. 就是基督对我们的爱。Puts 
His value, not our value, at the center. 当我们讲了基督对我们的爱是以他的价值为准则，不是我们本身的价值。Or to say it another way， 或者换一句话来讲 ，Preaching Christ means showing our people。传讲基督是表示让你的听众听到 ，That being loved by Christ does not mean that He draws attention to our value。当我们说基督爱我们，不是把焦点放在我们多有价值。But rather, he enables us to enjoy his value. 当我们说基督爱我们，是基督让我们能够享受他的价值。Now here's the point where it would be good to open your Bible. 好，现在会说你要打开你的圣经。We're going to go to John, Gospel of John, chapter 11, first six verses. 我们要好好看约翰福音十一章前六节。You really need to see this for yourself. Or you won't believe me. 不然的话，你会认为我说谎。So what we're going to look at is what it means for Jesus to love Martha and Mary and Lazarus. 现在我们来看什么叫做基督爱马大、玛利亚跟拉萨路。So I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we'll read it in Chinese. 好，我先念一遍英文，然后再听一遍中文。Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So, the sisters sent to him, sent to Jesus, saying, "Lord." He whom you love, mark that. He whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, "This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it." Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister. And Lazarus. So, now that's a very important word. So, or therefore, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer where he was. 有一个患病的人名叫拉萨路，住在伯大尼，就是玛利亚和他姐姐马大的村庄。这玛利亚就是用香膏抹足，又用头发擦他脚的。患病的拉萨路是他的兄弟，他姐妹两个就打发人去见耶稣，说：“主啊，你所爱的人病了。”注意这一段，你所爱的人病了。耶稣听见就说：“这病不至于死，乃是为神的荣耀，叫神的儿子因此得荣耀。”耶稣素来爱马大和他妹妹子病拉萨路。所以，好，这是英文里面有，中文没有。所以很重要，听见拉萨路病了，因此也是在英文里面，中文没有。因此就在所居之地能住两天，所以所以因此很重要。Now the question is, what does it mean to be loved by Jesus? 好，我们回答这个问题，被基督爱是什么意思 ？Notice three things. Number one, two times John points out that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. 两次之多，约翰强调耶稣是真爱马太、玛利亚跟拉萨路。Verse three, 第三节 ，Lord, he whom you love is ill. 主啊，你爱的人病了。Verse five, 第五节。Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus 素来爱马太和他妹子病了和拉萨路。So that's the first observation. 好，这是第一点。Number two. 第二点。Notice the logical connection between verse six and what comes just before it. 注意第六节如何有逻辑的连接，把一五节跟六节连在一起来。I don't know how it works in Chinese, but in the Greek. And here in the English, verse six begins with "therefore" or "so." 在希腊文里面呢，这一开始是讲所以，所以是延续第五节。So what he's saying is, 所以这强调什么 
Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he stayed where he was and let him die. So he was very concerned for Jesus, because he loved Martha, loved Mary, loved Lazarus, so he came and stayed for two days and let Lazarus die. That's love. This is Jesus' love. And that's clearly what the text says. And the emphasis is clearly on he loved them. He loved them. So you see, John repeatedly emphasizes Jesus is really loving them. Really loving them. And they were saying, "Please come. He's sick. Come and help him." But they were always begging Jesus, "Come, come, come! He's almost dead." And Jesus says, "Because I love him, I'm not coming in time to save him." But you see, the scripture emphasizes that because Jesus loves them, so Jesus stays for two days. So that's the second observation. So this is the third observation. Here's the third one. The third one. Notice the explanation that Jesus gives in verse four that he plans to do something better. 第四节解答了基督耶稣选择这样做，约他要做一件更好的事。Verse four, he says, "This illness does not lead to death." It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus said, "This illness is not for death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified." I love Lazarus, and I love Martha and Mary. Jesus said, "I love Martha, I love Mary, I love Lazarus." And it is more important for me to show you my love by exalting my glory than by saving his life. So Jesus' response is, "I love you, so I want to raise your glory in your body rather than immediately saving you." And we know we're on the right track here because if you go over to verse forty, he says this. I think we're getting the right track, especially when we see verse forty. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? 四十节，耶稣说，我不是对你说过，你若信，就必看见神的荣耀吗 ？So now, how would you sum up the answer to the question, "How does Jesus love Martha and Mary and Lazarus?" 好了，现在如果我问你，你会怎么回答这个问题？耶稣基督是怎么爱马太、玛利亚跟拉萨路 ？Or ask the question for yourself very personally: What does it mean for me to be loved by Jesus? 或者你现在就自我问自己：耶稣爱我是什么意思 ？It does not mean that He will rescue us from suffering and dying. 我可以跟你讲，不是什么意思，不是说好像基督的职责就是把你从苦难跟死亡中拯救出来而已。It means that He will show us His glory. 可是基督爱你的意思是，他必会彰显你他的荣耀。To be loved by Jesus is to be shown His glory for our everlasting joy, not to escape suffering. 所以被基督所爱，是也借着彰显他的荣耀，我们可以单单在他里面得到完全的喜乐，而不是逃脱苦难。Let's see if we can confirm this interpretation by seeing it again in chapter 17. 我们来再用另外一段经文来确信我们这段经文的解释是对的。Now you probably know that chapter 17 is the Long high priestly prayer of Jesus. John 福音十七章，我们都要说十七章是我们称为是耶稣，好像是一种大祭司的祷告。He's praying for his disciples just before he dies. 就耶稣在他死之前为他的门徒们祷告。And would you agree that when he prays for us in that prayer, he's loving us? 当然，我们都会认同。我们说，耶稣为某些人祷告的时候，表示耶稣是爱他们的。I'm assuming that when Jesus prays for me, He's loving me. 
And this prayer is a prayer not only for those disciples, but for those who were to believe on him later, he says in verse 20. So as I look at two verses, you should feel Jesus praying for you. So let's look at verse 1 and verse 5. John chapter 17. Verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Now verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me in in." Your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So in Jesus' prayer for us, the first thing he asked for is that God would glorify him so that he could glorify God. And then in verse 5, he does it again. Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before I came. Now the question is, how is that loving toward us? So when he prays for us, the first thing he asks is for his own glory. How is that an act of love toward us? And the answer is given in verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given to me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. The reason it is loving toward us for Jesus to pray for his own glory is that he intends for us to be included in it. So first he prays that his glory would be restored. And then he prays for us that we would be with him to see it. So what does it mean for you in China to be loved by Jesus? It does not mean that he draws attention to your value or my value. That's the way the world defines love. The world says, if you would draw attention to my value, I will feel loved by you. We have built 
whole educational philosophies on the basis of that kind of thinking. Constantly trying to make kids and others feel esteemed and valued. And God is not even in the picture. That is not Christian love. Christian love is not when my value is made central. Christian love is when I am enabled to see his value and be satisfied in it forever. And thus he sets us free from our self-bondage. And in its place he puts the immeasurable pleasure of delighting in the glory of Christ. So my second point about how we preach the glories of Christ is this. To make plain that being loved by Christ means Christ will do anything and everything necessary to satisfy me with his glory. Number three, preaching the glories of Christ means showing our people again and again that the cross is Christ-centered. The cross is Christ-exalting. And the ultimate reason Jesus died was for his own glory. And of course, our sins are forgiven by the death of Jesus. The righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. We get eternal life. But our forgiveness and our righteousness and our life are a means to something. And that goal is the enjoyment of the glory of Christ. So if you want to see that, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. Christ died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now let me paraphrase what that says. Christ died so that you would live for the glory of Christ. I'm going to say it again. Christ died for you so that you would live for the glory of Christ. Which means the cross is radically Christ exalting. Wouldn't you agree that the meaning of grace is that we don't deserve to be saved? So the cross is not designed 
to glorify the merit of man. I have heard many people describe the cross as the price God was willing to pay because I am so valuable. If you think that way, what becomes of grace? If God bought me at the price of Christ because I'm worth it, that's not grace. It's a business transaction. Got a value? You got a payment? Deal. No grace in it. I do not deserve to be died for. That's the meaning of grace. The value of the cross is to exalt Jesus. And then to rescue me to enjoy Jesus. So the cross of Christ is so central that it has been the centerpiece from eternity to eternity. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. What I want to show you in 2 Timothy 1, 9 is that before there was any universe, there was a plan to make the cross Central. Second Timothy 1.9 God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ before the ages began. So God planned grace in Christ before there was any universe. Which means that he planned grace in Christ before there was any sin that needed grace. Which shows you how amazingly central the cross was in God's plan. Everything was going to unfold in history so that Christ could be exalted at the cross. And grace would be magnified at the center of history. And not only was the cross central before there was a universe, the cross is going to be central after history is over. What is the song that we are going to sing forever and ever in the new heavens and the new earth? The song is in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. They sang a new song. 
Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So forever and ever, we're going to be magnifying the grace of Christ seen in the cross of Christ. So it was an eternal plan, and it will be an eternal song. And the plan and the song magnify Christ through the cross for grace. At the center of history, let's focus for just a minute on what happened at the cross. This is Romans 8, verse 32. This is one of my most favorite verses, if not my favorite verse in all the Bible. Because of the relationship between the death of Christ and all the blessings that come from it. So notice the logic of this verse. He, that's God, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now, whenever you have a rhetorical question, that means a question with no answer, the author expects you to give the answer. So there's a rhetorical question here. How will he not also with him give us all things? So we have to rephrase this to make the statement he's making. So here's the way I would do it, see if you agree. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will most certainly give us all things with him. So that's the meaning of the rhetorical question. Because God did not spare his son, he's going to give us everything. Now what does that mean? He is going to give us all things. Is this a verse to support the prosperity gospel? Get everything in this world you want if you're faithful enough. It can't mean that because of what comes three verses later. He tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation, or distress, or famine, or nakedness. Or, or danger, or sword, 
None of those can separate you from the love of Christ. And the prosperity preacher might say, well, of course they can't because they won't happen to you. Christians won't starve to death in famine. Christians won't be without clothing in nakedness. Christians won't, won't die by the sword. What's wrong with that interpretation? The next verse is what's wrong with it. He quotes Psalm 44 like this. We are being killed all day long. In other words, this is a reality. Somewhere in the world, all the time, Christians are being persecuted. Tonight in this room, we may have relative safety. But that's no guarantee that a year from now we will have it. So, it doesn't mean that we will never experience suffering or death. Well, what does he mean in verse 32? He will give us all things. And I think it means this. He will give you everything you need in order to stay satisfied in Jesus through whatever suffering comes. You will always have everything you need to do His will. You will have everything you need to see His glory. And you will have everything you need to stay satisfied in Him. So this third point about preaching the glories of Christ can be summed up like this. The cross is radically Christ-exalting. It was Christ exalting before eternity. It was, it'll be Christ exalting in our song in the future. And it is Christ exalting in what it purchases for us. Because what it purchases is not our safety, but our joy. Through danger. Now, step number four. Preaching the glories of Christ means showing our people again and again that being born again, being converted, means. God opening the eyes of our hearts to see Christ as supremely valuable. To be born again is to be given eyes to see Jesus as supremely desirable. Now let's go back again to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. In verse 4, Paul says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And what has he blinded them to? What can't they see? And here's the way he puts it. So that they won't see the light 
of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 就是不叫基督荣耀福音的光照着他们，基督本是神的像。So the devil wants to keep unbelievers blind to the glory of Christ. 所以你看，魔鬼呢，就希望不信的人永远是瞎的，永远看不到基督的荣耀。Now how does that get changed? 那这样子怎么能够转变呢 ？And the answer is the new birth. 答案就是重生。The new creation in Christ. 就是在基督里面做新造的人。And, and that's described in verse six. 这就是第六节。God shines into our hearts to give the light. Of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 就是神把光照在我们的心里，叫我们得知神荣耀的光显在耶稣基督的面上。So what happens in the new birth or the new creation is that God opens the eyes of our heart to see the glory of Christ. 所以，一个重生的人、归信的人，事实上的转变就是神开了我们的心眼，让我们能够看到基督的荣光。The mark of a Christian is that Christ is no longer boring. 基督徒的印记就是基，你看基督以后，你不会觉得无聊。Christ is no longer mythological. 你看基督，你不会觉得好像很神秘。Christ is no longer a mere tradition from family or church. Christ is the self-authenticating, all-glorious, all-satisfying Lord Jesus. 就是你看基督，他是自证的，是最大的，所有的荣耀，在单单在他里面得到所有的满足。The new birth is the work of God, opening our eyes to treasure Jesus more than anything. 所以我们的重生，重生是神在我们身上动工，开我们的心眼，看基督为最宝贵的。And to preach the glories of Christ is to make that plain over and over and over. 所以你要忠心传讲基督的荣耀，你就一定要把这一点讲的不断的解释清楚，解释清楚，解释清楚。We have one more step, number five. 好，最后一个步骤，第五步骤。To preach the glories of Christ. Means to make plain to our people again and again. 传讲基督荣耀就是不断的清楚的传讲什么呢 ？That the ongoing transformation into the image of Christ comes from seeing Christ. 我们成圣的过程能够让我们能够有基督的样式，是从专注在基督的荣耀身上而来。Now the key passage, the key verse. Is just four or five verses earlier, namely chapter three, verse eighteen of Second Corinthians. 那主要的经文表达这一点是哥林多后书三章十八节。This is, in my experience, probably the most important verse on transformation in all the Bible. 我会觉得在圣经里面讲到人的转变这段经文对我来说也许是最重要的。Beholding or seeing the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the image of, into the same image, namely the image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another. We can see the glory of the Lord like the light. 反照就变成主的形状，龙上加龙，如同从主的灵变成的。So we we're moving beyond new birth here. So you 看这是重生后了 We're moving into the ongoing living of the Christian life. 就重生后基督徒生命的成长 And this verse says that little by little, from one degree of glory to the next, we're becoming like Jesus. 看这段经文强调会持续的龙上加龙，变成主的形状 And I suppose the most important question you could ask is, how does that happen? So I think every person is the most important question: how does this happen? And verse 18 says it happens by beholding the glory of the Lord. Verse 18 says you focus on seeing God's glory. Becoming like Jesus means overcoming sin. 
。比如说，变成主的形状，意思是战胜罪。Why do you sin? 为什么今天还会犯罪 ？None of you sins out of a sense of duty that you ought to sin. 今天我们基督徒没有人犯罪，是因为我们对犯罪有责任感。我觉得我该犯罪。Nobody gets up in the morning and says, "I ought to sin today. I have a duty to sin." 基督徒不会每天起床说，我身为罪人，就今天一定要犯个罪。So why do you? 可是为什么我们还是会犯罪 ？Because you want to. 因为我们想要犯罪。Because and the reason you want to is because sin promises you happiness. Why do we want to sin? Because sin tells us that if you sin, you will be happy. That's the only reason anybody sins. This is the only reason. Sin makes promises to you. Sin gives us promises, and they are all lies. Of course, we know that these promises are all lies. But how do you break the power of a promise of pleasure? 可是那我们怎么跳脱这种通过犯罪得到喜乐这样的捆绑呢 ？It will never work to say, just say no. 如果你的答案是哇，我要尽力的去拒绝他，没有用。It won't work. 绝对没有用。The way you break the power. Of the promise of sin is with a promise of superior pleasure. 就说你要逃脱罪给你这个谎言的应许，你犯了我的罪就会喜乐，取代的是有一个给你真正喜乐的能力。When verse eighteen says, "Beholding the glory of the Lord, you are made like Jesus." It assumes that's a superior pleasure. 当这段经文说看见主的荣光，荣上加荣，会像主的形状，这的前设是这样子的追求，在主里面可以得到更大的喜乐。And before we leave this point and sum up, let me make one other observation. 我再强调一点。If you were to ask me, well, where do you behold the glory of Jesus? The answer is in His Word. And the reason we know that is because the flow of the passage shows us. We know this answer because the flow of the passage shows us. The passage moves from verse 18 into chapter 4, and chapter 4 is about the gospel revealing the glory of Jesus. 这里的十八节一直到第四章，第四章那里是强调在这个福音本身彰显了基督的荣耀。So you behold the glory of the Lord in the gospel. 所以我们怎么样抓到基督的荣耀呢？在基督的福音里，就是他的道。You get up in the morning and you open the Bible and you say, "Lord, show me your value and your beauty." 你每天早上打开圣经，跟神祷告，神啊，今天求你彰显给我看你的荣美，你的荣光。And when the Lord satisfies your heart, you move into the day free from the power of sin. 当你一早起来，单单以圣经来充满你的心，得到满足，你这一天就逃脱了罪对你的谎言的应许。Sin cannot deceive the heart. That is satisfied in Jesus. 罪是骗不了一个单单以基督为充满喜乐的内心，罪是骗不了的。Okay, let's summarize where we've been and draw it to a close. 好，我们现在来大总结一下，然后我们就就结束。I've tried to show five ways that we preach the glories of Christ. 希望给你们看到可以从五方面来传讲基督的荣耀。Number one. 第一。We preach that everything in the universe exists for the glory of God in Christ. We preach that being loved by Christ does not mean He calls attention to our value, but that He enables us to enjoy His value. 
我们要传讲基督爱我们，不是说基督肯定你的价值，而是基督要我们把单单以他是最大的价值，单单以他为乐。And we preach number three. 第三点 ，That Christ died to magnify the glory of Christ. 基督的死主要是为了彰显他自己的荣耀。For our everlasting enjoyment. 他彰显他的荣耀，我们单单以他的荣耀为永恒的喜乐。And number four, we show people that being born again means having the eyes of our hearts open to see that Christ is all satisfying. 一个重生的人表示你的心眼开了，你应该看到单单基督才可以满足你的一切。And number five, we preach that the ongoing transformation of the Christian life happens by fixing our eyes on the glory of Jesus. 我们基督徒成圣的追求怎么追求呢？是专注在基督的荣耀身上。So pastors， 所以牧师们 ，if we are faithful to this task， 如果我们忠于神给我们这个任务 ，what we will do is supply the minds of our people with this Christ-exalting truth。我们要充满了我们听众的思维，这个高举基督的真理 ，so that they're Gospel-shaped hearts will be increasingly satisfied in Jesus. So, when you are increasingly satisfied in Jesus, He is increasingly glorified in you. Is that God would do that in the churches of China with great power? We 向神祈祷，神会用他的大能在中国的教会做成这样的大事。You have been very kind to me to give me your ear for these three messages. 我觉得很荣幸你们都用你们的耳能够听我这三个这个讲习。And it has been a great pleasure to enjoy Christ together with you. 我觉得我也很跟你们很喜乐的，我们能够一同的在一起，单单以基督为乐。And I'd like to close in prayer. 我现在来，我们一起来做个结束祷告。Father, I thank you for these representatives of the church in the great land of China. 神啊，我感恩今天我们看到这里有很多从中国不同教会来的人。And I pray that you would give them heart eyes to see the glory of Christ. And I pray that they would be increasingly satisfied in the glories of Jesus Christ. And I pray that they would be increasingly set free from sin. And I pray that in their lives and in their churches, Christ would be magnified. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.